Hey everyone, it's Jeff from MCS Magazine, and I don't know how many of you are actually going to connect on an actionable level with this week's podcast, but it's my hope that you'll pay close attention because our topic is one that I personally feel is one of the most overlooked aspects of a survival bug out plan out there. And from my perspective, it's a critical factor. Hopefully, I can convert you to my way of thinking as you listen to this week's broadcast. So let's go ahead and jump right in. Enjoy the interview. Bullets were flying, your adrenaline surging. Would you hit your target? If the world as you know it crumbled tomorrow, collapsed into chaos, would you know how to survive? If you and those you loved were cornered by a gang, violently attacked, could you protect them? Could you protect them? Could you protect them? Tactical firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. This, this is another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is Modern Combat and Survival. The worst has happened. An emergency has occurred. Maybe it's a natural disaster or maybe it's even a collapse in civil order. Whatever the crisis, it's often advisable for you to evacuate your home, what we often call bugging out and retreat to a pre-designated, safer location to survive through the chaos. Now, when trouble is hit, most of the people in your area are also going to be bugging out, even though they're probably not going to call it that, and they're going to be taken to the highways to escape the danger. But real events have shown us that this often results in a virtual parking lot of cars with empty fuel tanks and families stuck in the middle of nowhere with no skills or means to take care of themselves. If you're going to have any hope of getting ahead of the crowd, of moving at anything more than a snail's pace, you're going to have to have transportation that you can rely on. And one of the most ignored forms of transportation in a crisis, believe it or not, is your trusty old bicycle. But for you to be fully prepared, you're going to need the right kind of bike and customize it the right way for the survival trek in front of you. This requires more thought than just adding a really cool bell and a nice flowery basket on your handlebars. But never fear, I have the perfect bug-out bike expert with me today. Hello, everyone. This is Jeff Anderson, editor of Modern Combat and Survival Magazine, with another survival podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and patriot. And joining us today to discuss the Bug Out Bicycle is survival expert Scott Williams, the man behind the popular Bug Out Survival blog and author of several books on survival. Scott, welcome to the program. Thanks, Jeff. Glad to be here. Always good to talk to you, man. Hey, listen, uh, Scott has written several books that touch on his love for nature, including a survival-themed novel and non-fiction works such as Bug Out and Bug Out Vehicles and Shelters. Now, in addition to traveling and wilderness survival, his other lifelong passion has been the martial arts, and he credits his martial arts background and training as instrumental in giving him the confidence and determination to overcome difficulties and obstacles on his long solo journeys into the wilderness and at sea. Now, you can learn more about Scott and his work at www.bugoutsurvival.com. Now, let me go ahead and jump right into our topic on bug-out bicycles. Scott, why would I choose a bicycle for bugging out? What, what advantages does it offer when a crisis hits that forces me to evacuate my home? Uh, one of the most important advantages is what you just mentioned earlier about the, the fact that a city is going to be gridlocked with stalled cars everywhere. Everybody's going to be trying to get out of the city in their vehicles, and a bicycle can quickly get out of that sort of situation by going, you know, between the cars or around the cars. You can pick it up, carry it over obstacles, um, not just, uh, you know, your traffic jams, but across ditches and over fences, uh, you know, any sort of obstacles that you might have to carry it across. That's one of the primary advantages. Uh, we saw 
a lot of that here in Mississippi after Hurricane Katrina with all the evacuees pouring out of New Orleans and out of all the, the cities and smaller, even the smaller towns too, just traffic jams everywhere. So a lot of people overlook the utility of a bicycle for travel in that situation. Now, you know, the other thing is that, I mean, I know we're talking about bugging out, but even if you if you have to stay in place and, and survive in place and bug in, you know, what pe- a lot of people don't understand is that electricity runs those fuel tanks. Exactly, exactly. And that's the issue we had here after Katrina for three to four weeks after the storm. There was no fuel available, you know, in most of the towns and cities. So you did see a lot of people using their bicycles just for day-to-day travel and to go and get things. Uh, that's another huge advantage of the bicycle is it doesn't require fuel, so your range is unlimited. If you were going to bug out and travel long distance, you can go indefinitely because you're not dependent on fuel. Right. Now, Scott, with all the options for traveling to safety during a disaster, such as a car or motorcycle or, you know, a lot of people associate bugging out by foot, what's the best way to incorporate a bicycle into an evacuation transportation plan? In other words, under what circumstances is it a primary vehicle and in what conditions and how is it best used as a backup? I think uh, the circumstances in which it would be a good primary vehicle would be if you happen to live in one of the really big cities in the country, you know, like New York or Los Angeles, somewhere where the traffic is just going to be horrendous trying to get out after a major disaster. And then also if you're, you know, already accustomed to bicycling and physically fit, then it could be considered your primary vehicle. Most people, however, are going to have a motor vehicle of some sort, and in that case, the bicycle makes an excellent backup vehicle that should be carried either inside or on racks on the outside of the vehicle in case you do run out of fuel or break down or come to an impasse because of other stalled vehicles or whatever. The bike gives you an option to keep going, to keep traveling, where other people are going to be just stranded wherever their vehicle runs out of fuel or breaks down. Yeah, and a lot of people don't think about that because, I mean, I live in a very rural area, so I'm not worried about traffic jams on, you know, necessarily coming out of my area, especially if somebody, um, you know, has a, a well, they have a, they have a good survival treat that they're headed to and they have a good route there. However, again, if electricity is out on a widespread scale, then you might be driving along and come to a gas station that you can't even get the gas out of, in which case do you stay there and wait for electricity to come on or do you at least have the means to be able to take the bike or bikes if you have your family or everything off the back and at least go from there, right? Right. Yeah, I think it's a great thing that, that people should plan on carrying on their vehicles, you know, and, you know, be prepared, have the, the bicycle set up properly to use as an alternative alternative means of transportation when you have to leave your primary vehicle. Okay, we're talking with Scott Williams of scottbwilliams.com about how to optimize your chances for surviving a bug-out evacuation by preparing a bicycle as an alternative means of transportation. And we're back with more tips for tricking out your bike, such as what to look for in the ideal bike for bugging out, how to pack your survival gear for a bug-out trek by bicycle, and special equipment you may want to consider to make your bike the ultimate bug-out escape vehicle. But first, check out this special message. In any disaster, crisis, or attack, your life and the life of those you love could solely rest on the survival gear you've acquired. Do you have the proper gear to protect you from the threats you'll face? Whether it's preparing your home against the destruction and mayhem of a city in chaos 
or you're bugging out to a safer location when a natural disaster forces you from your home, the supplies you have right now could ensure your survival or seal your fate. Don't take the risk. Claim your free copy of our exclusive guide, Survival Gear Secrets, at survivalgearsecrets.com and discover the seven-phase survival gear plan every family must prepare for or face the consequences. Five no-bullshit warning signs that a collapse is headed your way, so you're already in action long before your neighbors even know what hit them. And how to know exactly when it's safer to stay at home and shelter in place. Or get in the family bug-out mobile and get the hell out of Dodge. Your fellow citizens may be fine with sleeping in a crowded stadium waiting for FEMA to hand them a granola bar, juice box, and a blankie. But you know that no one can protect your family better than you can. If you're properly prepared with the right supplies and equipment to ensure your survival. Don't wait until it's too late. Find out what's missing from your survival gear plan by grabbing your free copy of Survival Gear Secrets now at www.survivalgearsecrets.com. And now, back to our show. Okay, we're back with Scott Williams of scottbwilliams.com to discuss how to properly equip a bicycle to potentially be the ultimate bug-out vehicle in a collapse. And we have a lot more to get into, so let's jump right back into our interview. Now, Scott, when I'm shopping around for my, I'll call it my foundation bike that I'm going to customize for bugging out, What's the best type of bike to buy, and what would you say are the three most important features I need to look for when choosing one? As far as types of bicycles, my opinion is that the touring bike, you know, purpose-built touring bike is the best because they are designed and built specifically for long-distance travel, and these kind of bicycles are readily available from quite a few manufacturers because they're very popular with uh, people who travel all over the world, especially adventure travelers, and so they've really developed them to the state of the art. They're very rugged and dependable, and they can travel both on-road and off-road. You won't find them in your local department store, you know, or sports sporting goods store. You'll have to order them from a bike shop, you know, but most bike shops don't carry them in stock, but that's what you should look for as your foundation. Now, that's interesting because, I mean, a lot of people, I think, if you ask the 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 common prepper, they're they're probably most likely going to think of a mountain bike, you know, like an like a strict like pretty much an off road bike. Why wouldn't you necessarily just go down to the department store and get a um, a mountain bike? Well, most of the mountain bikes that you're going to find, like in the department store, are going to be um, cheaply built, very heavy, and they come with a lot of extras like suspension, you know, front and rear suspension, which is something you definitely don't want. You know, that's for like you know, doing, you know, high-speed runs over rough trails and things like that. But for long-distance travel, it's just extra weight you don't need to carry. And many of these adventure-type touring bikes have all the capabilities of a mountain bike. They just don't have the extras like like the full suspension. So um, people that are, you know, traveling on bikes like that ride them across Africa and South America and the most, um, you know, remote places on Earth. So they're very well-suited for bugging out. And they're also designed to be ridden long distance and to be reliable and not break down. So that's very important. Um, as far as the three most important features that you need to look for, the first one is going to be the frame. And that, that again, is where the touring bike really comes in because the frame is going to be specifically made to endure that kind of, um, you know, thousands of miles of riding. So you should look for a chrome molly steel frame rather than aluminum or carbon fiber like a racing bike. Most of the mountain bikes are usually aluminum with carbon fiber components and things like that, but those are going to be parts that can fail when you need them the most. 
And the second thing you want to look at is strong wheels that are designed to carry heavy loads because most bicycles are not designed to carry weight beyond the weight of the rider. So if you're looking at, say, you're a 200-pound man and you're going to load it up with 40 or 50 pounds of gear, you got to have wheels with hubs and spokes that are designed to carry that kind of load, especially if you hit potholes and go over rough terrain like rocks. So you have to be sure that, you know, the wheels are strong enough. And the third thing is to have a wide range of proper gearing so that you can ride the bike, you know, up steep hills with heavy loads for long extended periods of time. And all proper touring bikes are going to have that kind of gearing built into them because that's what they're made to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. I mean, I've, I've, uh, I've hit, you know, potholes with, <laughs> there's nothing like getting a wobbly, uh, tire from really cheap, uh, spokes that are in the wheels on, on most bikes. That's usually where they, right. they don't really pay a lot of attention on those. And that, that makes a huge difference. And they're also going to be heavy on the, the cheaper bikes are going to have heavy wheels and they're not stronger. They're just heavy because of the materials that they're using and the weight in the wheels are going to create more resistance to riding long distance than the weight of the overall bike. So it's very important to have light weight, but also strong wheels. Well, and also another advantage that you're talking about the touring bike is a lot of the, the mountain bikes have knobby tires on them, which are great for off road. They'll give you traction, but on a, if you're bugging out, you don't necessarily, you're probably not going to be traversing over mountain, mountains and things like that, but you're probably going to try and take advantage of roads as much as possible or smooth surfaces, in which case those knobs create on, on the mountain bike wheels create more fric, not friction, but like more resistance basically. So they actually, over the long haul, are probably going to create more resistance and make it harder to, to ride the bike for longer distances. Yeah, that's correct. There's also, you know, they they have a lot of touring tires, you know, that are designed to go both on-road and off-road, so they have a, you know, they're a compromised kind of a dual-purpose yeah. type tire, so they're good on pavement, but they can still handle gravel and right. some rough terrain, you know, if they're not as aggressive as the knobbies on a mountain bike. So that's what you want to look for yeah. is a really good all-purpose tire, and also the wider, you know, slightly wider tires may be a little slower, but they're going to give you more load carry and capability and more shock absorption without yeah. having to resort to shock absorbers, you know, on the frame. You yeah. can get that through through your tires. Yeah, good point. Now, Scott, with all the gear that's needed for bugging out, what's the best way to carry and distribute all of your equipment while traveling by bike? Well, if your plan, if your bug out plan involves using the bike to cover really long distances, like if that's your primary means of transportation and you're planning on going hundreds or even thousands of miles, then the uh, purpose built panniers that, again, that are, that are designed for bicycle touring are the best way to carry the load because they, they keep the center of gravity low and they keep everything in close to the bike and all in one place as opposed to a trailer, which is going to be off, you know, back behind you is going to give you an extra wheel that you have to worry about maintaining, uh, you know, potential for another flat, that sort of thing. But um, the disadvantage of the panniers is that you do have to divide your gear up into four or more bags. So if you want to, um, you know, if you're using your bicycle just to get you out to a remote area where you're going to then leave the bike and go on foot into more remote terrain, you may want to use a trailer so you can then strap down your full bug out bag or backpack and it'll be ready to go you know, without having to unload the individual panniers. So it just depends on how you're going to use the bug out bicycle again. But either method would work. Most uh, long-distance tourists seem to prefer the panniers because they do keep the center of gravity low and keep everything centered around the bicycle. And, again, there's some really good equipment that has been 
you know, tried and tested and developed over many years of this sort of adventure travel. So there's really good stuff out there available. Is there any way to combine those? Is there any way to like, um, like rather than like the straight up bicycle panniers, uh, and doing it more like, um, like a 511 tactical or, you know, like a, like a, like a tactical backpack or there's so many different sizes and shapes now with Molly strap on this and connect this with this gizmo here. Is there any right. way to create it more modular, like still going almost like a pannier route, but more like a tactical pannier is, I guess you'd say where it could transform back into bug out bag mode if you ever needed to abandon the bike? Yeah, I suppose you could do that with the racks. The key to the whole system is having the proper racks on the front and the rear so that mm. you can distribute, you know, weight and not carry it all just in one place. Um, and again, you want to also make sure you're carrying the weight with the bicycle or with the trailer and not on your back. It's not, a, it's never a good idea to ride a bike, you know, with a backpack on your back because again, the center of gravity is too high and it's going to wear you out a lot faster. You know, let the bike carry the load rather than your body. But I suppose you could do it, you know, with these tactical type setups, you, you would just have to do a custom, you know, setup experiment with it using racks. You know, the key is to start out with a good solid racks and then you can pretty much add anything you want to to that. Yeah, start with the bike and then, you know, where you, when you see the racks, then you might be able to make a better determination what kind of a bag will, will attach to this and be more modular. That makes sense. Yeah. Right. Scott, when building a bug out bike, what gadgets or add-ons will make it more effective for getting me to safety? Um, as far as add-ons, something people that are not familiar with bicycle riding, you know, long distance may not be aware of is would be uh, either toe clips or clipless pedals, as they call them. This is, either one is a system that actually attaches your feet to the pedals so that when you're pedaling, you know, you have much more efficiency. You're not wasting any energy. You don't have to worry about trying to keep your feet on the pedals. And when you're, you know, when your one foot is pushing down, the other foot can also be contributing by pulling on the upstroke once you learn how to do the proper pedaling technique with this, this sort of pedal. So, you know, pretty much all serious bicyclists use one of these systems. Uh, the toe clip system is the older system, but it allows you to use regular shoes or hiking boots, so that's probably the best suited, you know, for bugging out. Um, that's that's one of the most important add-ons that I would suggest. And then, you know, things like uh, handlebar mounts, you know, for all sorts of um, equipment like your GPS, you know, these are available now. So you can mount your GPS with your topo mounts or your road mounts right there at your fingertips. And then, of course, you want to carry all the tools and spare parts that you're going to need to to maintain the bike. Things like the chain and the spokes, in particular, and then also the you know spare inner tubes and even spare tires, which you can now buy in a folding type tire that takes up very little space, so you can carry a complete set of spare tires, put them on in just a matter of minutes on the side of the road. What about a what about a trailer? I just actually ordered a a trailer from um, through Amazon. Uh, for for my bicycle, and it has one wheel on the back, which I thought if I needed to go cross country at all, it'd be a lot easier to do that with that thing. And it's not that big, you know, so it's right. it's relatively lightweight. But what's your opinion on that? I haven't I haven't gotten it in yet. I haven't tested it yet to see if oh the reality is this sucks or anything. But uh, what about adding a trailer to uh, to the bicycle? Is there an advantage to that at all? Uh, yeah, I think a lot of the the off road 
tourists that actually travel these routes, like there's a there's a bicycle trail called the Great Divide Route that goes from Canada to Mexico through the Rockies, and it's pretty much off-road. It makes use of, use of a lot of Forest Service roads and BLM roads and things like that, and it's a really rugged route. And a lot of the people that ride that actually prefer to, to pull those kind of trailers because um because it doesn't put all the weight on the bike. You know, again, it's just it's just two different ways. It depends on what you you know your own riding style. But for off road, the kind with the single wheel is definitely the way to go rather than the you know two wheel cart type trailer. So the the single wheel actually stays in line behind the bike and it can negotiate really rough terrain. So I think it's a good option and it does give you more flexibility with regards to how you pack your gear, you know, you could carry, you know, a bigger bag and longer things. Like if you were carrying a rifle and things like that, it would be easier to strap that into a trailer than into panniers. Yeah. Yeah. That makes total sense. Yeah. Well, Scott, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us today about the, uh, about bug out bicycles. It's a, it's a topic that I'm really interested in. It's a, it's kind of a recent passion of mine. I really appreciate you taking the time. And for everybody out there, um, definitely go check out Scott's work. I mean, we've talked with him before and um, with the International Society of Close Quarter Combatants. He's a great guest, and he's got some great information in his books and over at his website. So go check out his stuff over at www.bugoutsurvival.com. And until our next survival broadcast, train hard, stay safe, prepare now. This has been Modern Combat and Survival. Survival. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us out by rating our podcast on iTunes and leaving a comment. You can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Modern Combat and Survival. And don't forget to claim your free subscription to Modern Combat and Survival magazine at www.moderncombatandsurvival.com. Lock and load. And we'll see you next time. This has been Modern Combat and Survival.